Hello, and welcome to This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. I'm Scott Interante, and today I am joined by singer-songwriter artist Phoebe Ryan, who did actually ask me to introduce her as my friend Phoebe, Queen of the Universe. So, Phoebe, uh, welcome. Uh, thank you for gracing us. Your Royal Majesty? How do you say? I don't Ma- Magistra? <laughs> that was a beautiful introduction, by the way. That was really perfect. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I pride myself in my introduction, you know? Um, but no, sincerely, thank you so much for joining us and coming to talk about the music you love and why you love it. Oh, hell yeah. So let's start maybe from the beginning. Do you have any specific memories of like the first time you fell in love with music? Yeah, I mean, I still remember songs that I learned from kindergarten for the school play, like ones that weren't even in English. Like, so, like, just I, I really picked up songs very quickly from a young age. And my parents were always listening to a lot of really good music growing up. But it was like very specific music, like a lot of like Tony Braxton, Lauren Hill, a lot of Miles Davis. I feel like it was kind of like an eclectic mix. Yeah. And so you're someone who I think of really as a a songwriter primarily. Did that start very young when you were starting to learn music? Were you always kind of writing your own songs from the beginning? Not really. I was, I guess like when I was first getting started, I was pretty absorbed in just like learning the songs that I already loved. Songs from like Broadway or just like random stuff that my older cousins were listening to, my older sibling was listening to. Like writing my own songs didn't occur to me until I was pretty much like in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Something we hear from a lot of people in these conversations is that there's like some sort of turning point where your musical taste is being influenced by your older brother or older cousins, your parents, that kind of thing. And then there's something that you find that you feel like, oh, this is mine. Do you have something like that? I mean, I was such a pop girl and it was very clear from like a very young, like I remember just like rushing home to watch TRL because I my whole world was just like absorbed in the pop culture with Britney and NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and Christina, Jessica, like all that pop icons of like, see that, like that was just my whole thing. And I also remember I used to love listening to the radio countdowns, like summer nights, I would just have like a, a, an actual radio, like sitting next to me and like rushing home to listen to Z100's top 10 countdown that was my shit. It's like, oh, pop is like this generic thing, but it really spoke to me so deeply. Well, with the pop stuff, do you have any memories of like what it was specifically about those kinds of songs that was really resonating with you? You know, I was like young. So I was like, oh, they're like grown up and they're kind of like hot. And everybody that's (laughs) singing is like, is like so attractive and like, but what they're singing about is really like emotional and kind of like hitting me at my core. I just, I loved kind of like the glamour, the the glitz and the glamour and like the pop sheen of everything. And like the sound really reflected that as well. It was just hot. It was just honestly hot to me, even as like, a, even as a young kid that didn't like, right. that I didn't know what like sex or being sexy was. I was like, there's something very hot about this music. Yeah. I, I love that answer. Um, so so later in your like teen years when you do start writing songs, 
Was there something that you were kind of going for, like in terms of, were you trying to write the sexy pop songs? Like what, what was the impetus? You know, what's funny is I actually was not attempting to write sexy pop songs until much later. Like at this point, like when I was in high school, I got to give myself credit. Like I was listening to absolutely everything in high school. Like, you know, I started discovering like the screamo bands, but that was pretty quickly replaced by like the Beatles catalog. Oh my God, I'm discovering Bob Dylan, Regina Spector. Like I was a theater kid. So I was also listening to like the Rent soundtrack and Hairspray soundtrack, which are like incredible. Mm -hmm. But in my teenage years, I feel like I had the most broad influence of music coming at me. And the kind of music that I was writing was definitely more influenced by I would say the like the folk artists Bob Dylan was like really like him and the guitar like that really really resonated with me I was just really into like the singer songwriter thing yeah so you know to fast forward now you are an artist yourself you write music for yourself you also write songs with and for other people and I'm curious if you feel like you maybe approach those things differently if you're, say, you know, writing the song that Britney Spears ends up recording versus writing a song for your own album. Are there sorts of things that you like to keep for yourself versus for someone else or something like that? Definitely. So if I know that it's a session where, like, we are writing for my project and and I know that it's like, this is go- this song is going to be for me. I definitely feel like a sense of, I feel really cozy and I feel like I'm in a safe space because I'm usually working with people who I really trust. So I feel really like supported and excited. But at the same time, I feel this like crushing responsibility to deliver like amazing songs every day. <laughs> so if it's for me, I just have this like feeling going on of like, I feel safe, but I'm also trying to push myself. And so that's like a really interesting feeling, I think. But then if I'm writing for somebody else, I do have the sense that like, like, what would I want to listen to? Like, what would I be in the mood to hear this artist say? I think I feel a little bit less pressure depending on like who's in the room. Like if it's like a big producer, I probably am stressed out. But for those sessions, I'm usually just trying to go with like, what's cool and like what do I envision to be the best version of the song that's unfolding? Yeah. I wonder, maybe this is a difficult question to answer, but you said in there like you would try to write something that you want to hear. And I wonder if you have more specifics about like what is it that you want to hear? Like what excites you about listening to a song? So I think like the thing is like when you're first starting a song idea and there's just like the bare bones of it, like maybe there's like a kick drum happening. Maybe there's a bass line and some chords happening or like a pretty synth sound. I feel like I just want to connect the dots and be like, okay, how does this song take off all of a sudden? Like if this all of a sudden turned on on the radio, what would I want to start happening? Like to answer your question, like basically like, what do I want to hear? And it's just like the best version of whatever (laughs) is like the absolute most amazing version of whatever poetry is happening with sonically you know yeah i just want to feel i want to feel something and i want it to be just i want it to be hot (laughs) something that has come up in other episodes is 
the different relationship people have to a song listening to the recording versus hearing that same song live. And of course, you are a performer and you play your songs live. And so I wonder if on the other side of the coin, if you have a different relationship with songs writing and recording them versus getting out and performing them in front of a crowd and hearing that feedback. First, I will say there's truly no better feeling that I've ever felt in my life than performing music on stage. There's just nothing better. Sex, food, I would give it all up to just be able to sing songs for people on stage. And the thing is, like, I feel like it's taken me so long to figure this out, but there's such a struggle being an artist. Like, I feel like you're always constantly just being like, who the fuck am I? But I've come to, like, accept that, like, I feel very much confident that I am, like, an entertainer. And I just want to make people so happy. And so, you know, I think about being on stage and having not been on stage for two years, like, that was a really tough thing that I can't even express. Like, it just was the worst thing of all because I couldn't do the thing that I love the most, which is literally just, like, be a little monkey for people. (laughs) 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 It's my absolute favorite. And I don't know, I think like going back into going back into performing, like especially like I have some shows coming up. I'm just so willing to give people whatever they want to hear. If people are like, play this song that I absolutely hate from my discography, I probably will be like, I'm going to put that in the fucking set because I want everyone to be happy. And I want like, I just want the show to be amazing. I don't know. Is this, this is like a long answer of just being like, I'm down to do anything. that the people want like i want to give the people what they want because that makes me feel good yeah i don't care if it's the shittiest song in my discography like if it's the worst song that i'm like fuck this song like if people want to hear it and a lot of people like i will do it (laughs) yeah well yeah i mean on that note i think that you are someone who has i i know this because i'm sort of involved in it but you've done a very good job at creating and fostering like a very tight-knit fan community through you know your twitch streams and your discord and and just the way that you interact with people with fans in general including you know i saw you at a show recently and there was a lot of like interacting with people in the audience you remembered that it was someone's birthday that you recognize in the audience like you know so i i think it checks out what you're saying but i wonder if like if that is as important to you for that same sort of reason. I'm a I'm a woman. I'm the people. What is it? I'm, I'm the people's princess. <laughs> I am the people's. I am just right. for the people. Like I truly cannot be alone. I do not like to be like I'm such a communal person. My friend was just on the phone with me earlier and he does not like roommates. And I'm just like, I need people. Like I need people around. And he goes, you love to have company. And I'm like, I fucking love to have company. I'd love to have company for the rest of my life. And um, (laughs) connecting with people is, I think, why I love this job so much. And also why I love songwriting so much because it's very collaborative. And I like life to be very collaborative. (laughs) Like, I like everything to be a vibe with everyone, you know, include everyone. Okay, so Phoebe, what is the song that makes you scream, this is the greatest song I've ever heard in my entire life? My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion.
perfect pick. Um, incredible Pretty song. <laughs> for anyone who, for some reason, doesn't know, this is the the main song from the Titanic, uh, written by James Horner, with lyrics by Will Jennings, sung by the illustrious Celine Dion. Do you have any sort of memory of like hearing this in the most impactful way? I mean, probably the first time you heard it was like watching the movie or something, but do you have like a memory of like when it really hit you of like, oh my God, this song? Yeah. So I remember back in the day, my family used to go to this restaurant that's like not even there anymore. Just like a classic, like all American, like Jersey Shore dinner restaurant place. But we would go when we were younger and we were at the age where like we could slip under the table and like crawl beneath the booths, like for what seemed like for miles, like we could just crawl and like be dodging other people's feet while they were eating. So it was like that age. And I remember My Heart Will Go On used to play on their like uh, station or whatever. And I always used to just stop and be like, this is the saddest song I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Like, this is so sad. Um, But it was so beautiful. And then when I saw the movie, I just couldn't believe it. Because that also is like my favorite movie of all time. And I watch it a few times a year. And mostly I don't watch the second half because it's too sad. But... Right. I mean, that song, it just... It makes the movie. It's, yeah, it's truly, it's, it's an incredible vocal performance, of course, Mm -hmm. from Celine Dion, who is just the perfect singer for that song. Yeah. um, With all like the melodrama and the, the right amount of camp and the, and just like the, the power, you know. Yes, you're so right. I, I think that like the tin whistle, like the, the flute thing, um, that plays the melody in the beginning. <laughs> what? How, how was that? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yes, just like that. Um, it it makes it so iconic. It's like such a it's a unique sound that as soon as that song starts and you hear that, it's just like immediately recognizable. It's got this little. It's like the sound itself is hooky because it's a different kind of sound than you're used to hearing. Um, just. Uh, so good it's true i mean you're you're super right about like especially the power behind celine's voice on that song really like it's so it's so strong and so soft at the same time like that song is is just so many things it's so many things wrapped into one fucking song it's literally like brutally sad and so poetically beautiful and like touching and she's so powerful and it's so soft and soothing but also the ship is sinking and and you're you're all gonna die but like wow your heart's gonna go on baby like that shit it gets me it just hits me in all the right corners of my being you know what i mean yeah and then (laughs) of course the key change you know it's like get out of here with the key change i i'm so mad that songs nowadays like don't really go there yes i actually just listened to a lot of nsync's catalog like most of it i was like every one of these songs 
pretty much has two elements, key change and orchestra hits, which is like, you know, that synthesized sound that they pitch shift and blah, blah, blah. But it's like such a specific sound that Max Martin and those producers were using to just like energy, power, (laughs) everything all at once. Oh, it's so good. We got to bring it back. You got to bring it back. Um. <laughs> that's honestly a great idea. I don't, do I have any songs with a key change? I don't. And that's, I'm actually truly going to work on that. Yeah. I need to like tattoo that on my hands. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to us about this song and so many other things. Where can people find you online? I think people should um, find me on the gram. Find me, come join our Discord, the Mint Sister Social Club. And also on Twitch, follow me on Twitch. And that's, I feel like, the most fun that I have on the internet. Great. Well, thank you so much for talking to us. Oh my God, of course. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and review and, and tell a friend. You can follow us on social media at Great Song Pod. That's GR number eight song pod on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can follow me on Twitter at Interante Scott. That's I N T E R R A N T E. Special shout out to Skylar Spence, whose song Kratos and Love is our theme song, and to Izzy and Catherine for helping produce the show. And of course, big thanks to you for listening. Look forward to talking to you next time. Mm-hmm.